0: Hello, and welcome to Humanities Matter, brought to you by Brill. I'm Lee Chung Greco, and this week, we'll be looking at key issues in the field of humanities. Today, we're talking with Dr. Amy Doughton. She's a lecturer in practical theology and head of the Department of Theology and Religion at the University of Birmingham. Today, we're going to talk about, let's hear it for the humanities in the fight against COVID-19. Dr. Doughton, thank you so much for sitting down with us today.
1: I'm really glad to be here. Thank you.
0: Before we get into a few of our questions, tell me a little bit about your work and how this fits in. Sure. There's two key
1: areas to the work that I do. Uh, One is in my title, which is Practical Theology. I run a doctorate program, which is designed for people in all sorts of different professions, they might be ministerial, they might be in charity work, they might be doing voluntary work, uh, to encourage them to think about the nature of their work theologically. So it's bringing together theological understanding with the actual practices that people are engaged in. And the other area of my work uh, is to do with uh, sort of French philosophy. I work a lot on the work of Paul Ricoeur, who thinks in um, ways that emphasise the interpretive nature of what we do when we try and think philosophically or uh, more broadly in the humanities as a whole.
0: And... So I wanna talk about how that fits into, you know, the broader scope of humanities. Um, we're so invested right now in what's happening with coronavirus and what scientific research can tell us. What's the value of humanities at this moment, especially um, it, the subjects that you just talked about, which seem very high level and, and sort of abstract.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a great question, I think, uh, the, you know, the, the value of humanities at this moment. Um, it seems to me that a key valuable contribution that the humanities bring is to actually think about values. You know, it's not as if we are following scientific research blindly. There's a process of weighing it up, of judging how to respond to it, how to uh, develop... Uh, creative ways of using those scientific insights so it's not as if the science happens over in one place and then the humanities happen over in another place rather we're using those scientific and humanities trained skills to respond to a really complex situation so to relate that to what I was just talking about there uh, to do with the theological meaning of practices I know what you mean about it sounding abstract but it's It's really trying to pay attention to the implicit meaning in the practices that we're engaged in. So to link that to C19, when we make decisions about what should close or uh, decisions about what visits we'll be able to make, there are implicit meanings about what we value when we make decisions of that kind. Now, often, of course, those decisions have to be rooted in uh, the scientific reality of what's safe or economic concerns. But actually, how we prioritize things like making family time possible and so on at times like this is also revealing of what we value. And to my mind, humanities are are the, the field in which our critical thinking in relation to that get honed. Uh, so I think that's the contribution it's it's bringing. It's trying to work out the meaning of what we do because it has meaning, and ignoring that I think is a, a a big problem.
0: And I think that's such a good point because I feel like every day I'm faced with ethical questions. Whether it's should I go to the grocery store today? Am I exposing too many people? Um, but also there are these bigger ethical questions for. Uh, Global organizations, uh, they're facing those right now, um, looking at how to uh, give out the vaccine, who should we prioritize and actually ethics come into play there when you think about should the elderly get it first or the frontline workers or people of different races that are impacted disproportionately by COVID-19 ethics play a huge role in there on top of all of that scientific information.
1: Absolutely. I think that's, I think you've really put your finger on it. You know, do we protect vulnerability? That's that's a massive question for the nature of the, the communities we live in and are trying to build. Now, I, I would hope, speaking as someone who's interested in ethics, I'd, I'd hope that that would be the priority, that the way in which um, sort of the ongoing decisions get made are attentive to uh, vulnerability, attentive to power, attentive to uh, the importance of uh, of relationship rather than pure economic reality. So yeah, I think that, that the humanities are a, a crucial reminder of these layers of meaning of what we do.
0: The other thing that really fascinates me is even when you introduced yourself, I was struck by just the fact that your way of thinking must be so different than other people who, you know, maybe even study journalism or study uh, science or math. Um, So researchers who study the humanities, they have to use critical thinking to sift through vast amounts of information and decipher it. How could critical thinking benefit us during this crisis, especially the way you think about Um, theology or you know these other subjects in the humanities
1: Mm. I think that's a really good question and I think that that what theology does what it demands of theologians at least is is probably pretty similar to the humanities across the board because if you're if you are trying to sift through as you as you say and decipher that that's a task of paying attention and demanding evidence, and insisting that reasoning be explained. And I can't really think of three more important things that we ought to be doing in a a situation of global pandemic. We should be paying attention to the realities of the decisions that are being made, Uh, who is suffering, who is vulnerable to those decisions. And we should also be demanding evidence. That's that's certainly not something specific to, to science, um, those of us who work in, in the humanities, whether it's history or theology or, or even, uh, say, more arts-based subjects, we're still trying to look for reasons why we think the way that we do. So I can't roll up and, uh, you know, offer a shiny new philosophical idea out of nowhere. It needs to bear some relationship to the way in which people are actually living and thinking um, and hoping So the demand for for reasoning to be explained seems to me to be of absolute paramount importance at a time of international crisis, Um, that that we we expect of each other to explain our reasons for operating in the way that we do. Uh, So that's what critical thinking offers, I think, that, that paying attention, demanding evidence and expecting reasons to be explained.
0: Do you find that you're reasoning differently than you know your friends or family that are dealing with this crisis as well? Do you approach uh, these sort of macro problems that we're all facing in a different way at all because of the way you think? That's really
1: interesting. Um, I don't think it's different, but I think that it's a question of layers. Because we're all experiencing sort of similar situations. You know, anyone who's in a shielding category has had to stay indoors for lengthy periods. Um, Anyone who's on a frontline role has, has had to continue to work. Those are different pressures, but they're bound up with the same need to, you know, look after each other, to be committed to each other um this sort of community building that we do by each doing something different but still you know as i say kind of being being directed toward the same goal but i guess it becomes different when you're working in say larger organizations that need to make decisions about whether they open or close um, situations where your work might interact with particular industries that are under threat all that kind of thing so i think it's not so much that my reasoning is different it's that um, my particular uh, field of perspective is different. You know, I'm coming from being in a university, uh, wanting students to be safe, wanting my colleagues to be safe. Um, what's what's still behind that is is a wish for everyone to be well and work well together. I think so. It's it's yeah. I think it's it's not so much a difference in reasoning um, as it is uh, maybe paying attention to the way that those reasons become concrete in different ways.
0: Uh, another interesting little nugget that was in this article was uh, the study from the British Academy, which found that fifty percent of chief executives of FTSE companies have either an undergrad or postgrad degree in the humanities. What does that tell us about the literal monetary value of a humanities degree?
1: Oh, it's a fascinating uh, yeah, statistic, isn't it? It really is good. i uh, I feel as though we ought to put that on the front of our advertising literature for theology degrees. Um, I, I mean, it's a funny one. i I think there's two parts to the to the answer. I mean, the first is that um, those who've had training in the humanities are part of massive, complex economic networks that employ and house and feed uh, and support our families and communities. And while I'm not sure how significant the sort of 58 specific CEOs might be, I I do think we might think of them as emblematic of that wider contribution. I think it's really easy to buy into the sort of STEM narrative that that science is going to develop things and therefore that's where economic growth comes from. But humanities are, are very much part of that as well. But the second part of the answer, of course, is, is to question if monetary value is the only kind of value. And that's, of course, what you and I have already been talking about. Um, the humanities are, are what will help us to scrutinise and interpret and fundamentally nourish our public life, I think. So it's a funny one. It's, it's, it's exciting to see that the humanities can, can lead to those kinds of roles but I guess it's important to imagine um, the other places they can lead to.
0: I'd be curious personally, how many uh, theology majors are now CEOs? Those two things seem perhaps <laughs> a little in contrast with one another.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you could, uh, maybe you can count the Pope as a CEO. I don't think it's in the FTSE 100, but uh, yeah, perhaps. Uh, perhaps faith leaders are also doing some of that work these days
0: too does have a lot of people to uh, oversee and a lot of real estate. So I suppose we'll uh, put him in that category. Um, (laughs) We've talked about some very esoteric subjects on this show from 17th century ivory mannequins to the morality of honeybees. Uh, How would you apply lessons from these journals to everyday life?
1: Oh, that's such a great question. I really want to hear uh, the episode on the morality of honeybees now, I must say. That's that's a great advert. Um, Isn't there something really beautiful in how esoteric these things are? Um, It seems to me that that kind of uh, extraordinarily detailed, focused topic reveals something really glorious about human people that that we can get so detail-obsessed and we can um, find insightful patterns in... Um, The kinds of objet d'art that would have been uh, built in the 17th century, the the morality of honeybees, the the patterns of these things, the the way in which people get excited and hopeful and imaginative about topics of this kind. I just find that hugely exciting. There's there's joy in things that isn't about productivity and that, that is fundamentally not about these fearful situations we might be facing right now. But that just reminds us of, of, um, yeah, the the hopefulness toward the future, the things that can be possible. It strikes me that um, imagination is one of the things that humanities really do bring, again, to the fight against COVID-19. It's that that will allow us to, to reimagine new futures.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much for talking with us. Dr. Amy Doughton, she's a lecturer in practical theology and head of the Department of Theology and Religion at the University of Birmingham. Thank you again. Thank you. You are listening to the Humanities Matter podcast. You can find more podcast episodes on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Google Podcast.